going to preface this episode by saying that if you're not absolutely psyched about this Warriors championship run, you should probably just not listen to the episode because <laughs> it's going to be like that for all however many minutes we do this. We are back. I am, of course, talking about the Golden State Warriors being back on top as NBA champions, but I'm also referencing the fact that Zevin, Alex, and I are delivering our post-playoff promise. When we were on together last, we weren't sure if this was going to end in sadness or celebration, and we are so, so fortunate to embrace the Warriors' fourth title over the last eight years. What a run it has been. And Dynasty is restored. How are we feeling? I'll go to you first, Alex, because you got to celebrate this from halfway across the country. Yeah, I was, well, I was actually, I was in the Bay for the four game six, watching it uh, at a friend's house and celebrating with, with my hometown people, which was really nice. And then came back to Chicago, I uh, was, was in Chicago for on the day of the parade. So I, I took in that uh, from there, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. You know, Zevin and I have talked a lot of times about like, if in like if in 2012, if 10 years ago, someone had come up to us and said, this is what's going to happen to the Warriors over the next 10 years. Like we just thought they were just absolutely so insane. And like to see all this stuff actually come true and, and come into reality is, is wild. Well, let's go to you, Zevin, because uh, the big surprise of the day is your voice. You used it well at the parade. You're the only one of us that was there. And you've yes. been Mr. Cough Drops. And uh, I mean, it's so worth it, right? <laughs> oh, man. I literally, for folks who are listening to this, I, I left Greg a voice message yesterday. Like, I my mean, voice was better than it was. Yesterday it was really teetering. So I was like, Greg, like, I'm down. But like, are you sure this wouldn't like scare your listeners away from listening to me like trudge through? And you were like, nah, man, like, you know, come on down. So now it, it was great. I think um i think seth said that this one hits different which i think is so true and like obviously like in 2012 we, we would have just taken one title like clearly but i think now just after like the four that we have like going forward now whatever happens like i'm good obviously i think i want them to win more and i think they will and i'll drop a prediction later on in the show a little teaser for you but um i think now all the like did they need kd or were they fraudulent all those and just finals MVP, all those like weird fraudulent, like fraudulent questions, they've all been answered. They're like, they've been put to bed, put to rest. And I think that combined with, you know, Clay overcoming all that he had overcome, you know, Wiggins was a bust, you know, GP2 was like bouncing around, got cut by like five teams, like the amount of adversity that they overcame. They were the worst team in the league two years ago, two years ago. You know, Poole was like one of the worst players in the league that same year, two years ago. And the fact that it, it comes to this, you know, it's just so, it's so fascinating. And I think in terms of like the sports cycle of life, I think I was sort of wondering this and maybe I'm curious your guys thoughts too. Like the breakthrough title is fun and like the dynasty is fun, but like the best champion type of championship is like the Tiger Woods last masters where everybody writes you off and you come back for potentially like one last, like, yeah, I fucking told you so. Like, we're still here. Like, the like, don't forget about us yet. You know, like when Tiger won that Masters when nobody thought he would, or like, or when the Spurs won the title in 2014 yeah, after like seven like, years. Those are like, I bet if you ask those Tiger fans, Spurs fans, those are like the best ones when like people write you off. You've had a ton of success, and so they write you off, and you like come back for one more, and like 
you know, kind of just remind everyone, you know, that, you know, you are who you are for a reason. So yeah, very, very I, mean, special. I mean, it's just, it is incredible. We're going to get all into the compare and contrast and just in a bit, but I'm curious to hear a little bit more about the parade because it's sure. like professional sports parades are pretty much the only time where it's like publicly broadcast and televised and all over the internet, people just being super drunk and it's acceptable. Yeah, I was uh, totally. And like, I, I think one of the things that I really enjoyed most besides like all the normal things that you would expect was, you know, even just the level of appreciation that like a lot of the role guys, cause I don't really remember the previous ones. So I went to the first one by Lake Merritt, which nothing will ever top that being in Oakland, but this was still fun. But the amount of guys who got out to just high five the fans, like GB2 had his shirt off, just like kind of running around like Steve Kerr, Mr. 56 year old got out of his bus and like ran around and like high fight everybody. Kenny yeah. Atkinson poured champagne in, into someone's mouth. I saw yeah. And Kenny Atkinson's like a super serious guy. And like, he was having fun. Really glad that he's back by the way. Um, so it was just, you know, it was a certain, you know, I think with the KD titles, there's a certain bit of relief. Like, ooh, we didn't screw it up. Uh, I think there was like, there's um, winning and there's misery. I think there's a quote that Pye Riley said this time there was just because, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I always thought that they could, but after the Warriors fans, like most people just didn't expect them to ever win again. And the fact that they won it again, and it, it was just so, to most people just out of left field, there was just a different level of like, just appreciation. And I think there was, I don't know. I feel like maybe the, just from watching the last phrase, there was a little more going through the motions. And this time was just pure joy, no relief. No, it was just pure joy. And it was so, gosh, and even like the fans who were there, like the amount of like just community that we felt, especially like post COVID, we've all gone through this rough time along with the Warriors. It's kind of like the Warriors fell off COVID. And as COVID's kind of coming to an end, the Warriors are coming back. There was just a super just communal, like, you know, we made it through like together, just a beautiful thing. And then the last thing I'll say is uh, GBT threw an after party afterwards that I, I went like maybe it's two, two, three hundred bucks went to, and they were playing like blow the whistle. And we were just, God, just jumping up and down. Like it was like, I don't know, a high school party again, but like with grownups and like PG, but like in like it was just a fun and everyone was wearing their warriors. You're just going absolutely it's crazy. It's kind of reminded me. Remember, like outside of Oracle, after some of those games in that little lot, people would yep. kind of dance around. It was like that in this district six, this little backyard. That like three hundred of us were just. There's just so so much joy. So great. Oh, I bet, uh, Alex. Did you get to go to any of the parades? I, I did. I did get to go to the first three. Um, all which was you know super cool to see. Like in Oakland, our our hometown. Like the the so many people showing up and like sort of that being the the center of the, of the sports universe for a couple hours, at least the basketball universe for a couple hours is really, really cool. Uh, for, for one of them, I like, I made a sign and I got like, it was able to get like right in the front row and was able to like hang it over the edge, which was super cool. What, what did the um, sign say? The sign basically, it was a picture of, it was the, it was the second title. It was, so it was 2017. It was a picture of Steph and a picture of KD. They were both wearing crowns and it said the rightful Kings. So little, little celebration, little shot at LeBron on kind of everything going on there at once uh and 
got right to the front row. Someone like took pictures. Someone of the photographers like walking the route, took pictures of it. I never found the pictures, but it was like, and like people wanted to like take pictures of the sign, which is super cool. So, like that was probably the best uh, parade experience I had. And like, and, and Steve Kerr like walked right by and like high five all of us, like like Zeman was talking about, same kind of thing. Uh, I think what I love about parades, and particularly this last parade, is that it brings together like player fan interaction in a way that like never happens anywhere else. Like there's, they're never, there's never that interaction and that communication between the players and the fan base, the way there is at a championship parade. And I also, I also went to the last, to the last of the three giants parades as well uh, in San Francisco. So like Zevin Zevin and I talked about a couple of times, how lucky I've been able to get where I don't just have the four warriors championships, but I also get three giants championships and the sort of the, the celebration like that unreal parade is just like, Anything that happened during the playoff run, any controversy, any close call, any strokes that went through, none of it matters anymore because you're at the top and you get to celebrate. And that and that feeling that you feel when you're around all those other people cheering and the confetti falling and all that stuff, it's just there's nothing like it. And sorry, the last thing I'll say, I don't know if this was planned or not, but Clay and Otto were in the last bus. Also, Alex, yeah, seven, seven titles, dude. You're like in your 23. Like, damn. Uh, that's so nuts. But um, I mean, four is pretty cool too. But um, but Clay and Otto were in the last bus, and I don't know if this was planned or not. I would assume not. But like you know, everyone's obviously has, there's guardrails, so everyone's on e- either side of the street. After the last bus goes by, everyone just breaks through the guardrails, almost like you're rushing the field after so your college football team just upset like the number one team in the nation. Everyone just jumps over and starts storming the back of the bus and starts running down Market Street, and it was just. Oh, running down Market Street with everyone just like yelling. And then there's people on the side just started popping confetti. And it's just like, yeah, chasing down the bus. And then you saw that pic of Clay raising the title with like, I don't know, me and my friend Matthew, we were like in that crowd, just like, I got, this is so bizarre. Like, we weren't going to do it. And then we saw everyone else running over. And I guess there was too many of them for the cops to like give a shit. And so we're just like, all right, we're just going to go run, go over the guardrails and just. Go down the street, like why not? I mean, I saw the video of that it looked like a, like a protest or a march or something, but like yeah. bigger and more celebratory. And yeah, I don't think that that was planned. Like, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they. I think they meant for the guardrails to like not let that happen. But uh, yeah, people just <laughs> stormed it. It's pretty cool. That's incredible. The fact that uh, you know, shout out to the guy who had that shot right behind Clay with the captain's hat. And the people rushing, and he's lifting up Larry O'Brien, and it's just like unbelievable scene. Beautiful day in San Francisco. Uh, that's like as prime as content can get, possibly. You know, we talk about the four championships. I guess I'll say my bit first, and then move to YouTube. But you know, on the last episode, we're like, if they get this done, we'd be so spoiled. We are spoiled. And is this the favorite of the four? We said we'd have to kind of see how it felt in the moment. You know, for me, I have to say yes, but it is a hard choice when you look back at the other runs. I mean, 2015, obviously so special because it was the first one, the one that made Steph, Clay, Draymond, and this group champions and the Warriors' first title in 40 years. 2017 was the year of sweet revenge on the LeBron-led Cavaliers. Steph and KD, the rightful kings, as Alex reminded us, that you know they pulled off an um, uh, the Cavs pulled off an amazing comeback to dethrone the Warriors the year before. And in 2018, even though the finals themselves were a little bit anticlimactic, uh, that series against the Rockets was such a roller coaster 
going down three, two, and then winning a game seven on the road after playing horrible in the first half. Uh, but this one, man, is just like truly, truly special. And it's not only because of what everybody's been saying for this past week, how the Warriors were at the bottom of the league two years ago. They overcame so many injuries. Nobody was sure if they could win another title with this core, et cetera, et cetera. I also think it's the most special because of everything that happened outside of basketball, some of which Zevin was talking about. You know, when Steve Kerr was named the head coach when this run started, we were all little babies in high school and now we're practically into real adulthood. You know, we experienced some really intense times in our country with all the black lives matter protests and the 2020 election and everything that happened thereafter, you know, even in the world too, with COVID evolving into a situation, no one could have ever predicted. So we all went through classes, jobs, relationships, so many personal changes along the way. And to see where we are now compared to where we were at during the first wave of this dynasty, it just really makes you think and appreciate this championship even more than we already did to begin with. hundred percent. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, and it's crazy to think about sort of along that line, how much the, the players have changed. Like we've watched all these guys evolve, you know, as they've just kind of grown up the same as we did, you know, they had got married and had kids and all these different things and changed the way they, they play and like evolve from, you know, these, these sort of these young players to these veterans and and teachers and, and player coaches and Andre Godala's case and sort of all these different things that all these different ways that the, the team has evolved, the, the league, the game of basketball has evolved at the same time that all this other stuff is happening is fascinating. It's, it's, it's like really interesting to see how the kind of the Warriors in, in 2015, they were kind of playing this style of basketball and winning in a way that you teams had played before, but didn't really win that way. And the Warriors figured out a way to put it all together and, and win a championship that way. And now as kind of the game has changed and in, in some respects caught up to them a little bit, they managed to get back to the top and it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And even when you look at the loss years too, it's 2016, 2019, even though they didn't end up winning the full thing and having the parade, there were some pretty incredible moments along those playoff runs too. So uh, we have been damn spoiled. Uh, this notion that Steph Curry couldn't perform in the finals, I think, was a little bit annoying to begin with. But now uh, he's really well, that, that, that's over in. now. That's done. <laughs> it's done now. Yeah, I, a question for you, for you guys because I think I saw Warriors World talk about this, but like, which I figured like on this pod we got to like reminisce a little bit. I guess I'll go first. So I'll give you guys a second to think about it. But it, besides the clincher, if you had to pick out your three favorite. Uh, games or moments from the playoff run, what would they be? And I'll start to get to give it from this year specifically or from all the playoff runs. No, 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 just, just, just this year. Okay. The playoff run. So, so besides the clincher, my number one would, would be uh, game one against Memphis. I mean, that was just an insane game with the Draymond uh, ejection. And then, you know, I mean, I mean, can you imagine if Clay doesn't help on GP2? then jaw has an easier layup and then he probably makes it. So clay doesn't help over like a few feet shows you, I just a slim margin for error. Anyway, that's the whole nother road, but it's, you know, life might be different, but that would be my, my number one. Uh, I think my number two would probably be uh game four against Boston. Uh, you know, I think that was Steph's kind of uh, LeBron game six, Alex from what 2012 when he, uh, when he was on the heat. Also in Boston. Yeah, yeah, just like everybody shut up. I'm that dude. We're not losing. F that. Like, Seth was talking mad shit in the first quarter, which he like never does. 
Um, and then I would say game th- my my th- third favorite would probably be sometimes you a couple of these. I'll say game two against Dallas. Was, that, that was a big comeback. Uh, the Kevon Looney game. The Kevon Looney game. You know, there were two Kevon Looney games. The game six against Memphis might, but I would say that game two against Dallas, I'll say it was my, but yeah, that, that one's also good, but yeah. But what do you, what do you guys think about that? Go for I, it. When I was reminiscing, I was like, those are the games. That okay. Yeah, no, those are, those are, those are good choices. Uh, I'll, I'll also, also go game four against Boston. Cause I think that was kind of Steph's magnum opus and probably his best finals game ever. And just like, like you said, on the road down to one in kind of a must win situation, just going in and, win that game almost single-handedly and just that was just incredible uh, i'll say uh game five against denver just because i loved seeing gp2 hit the big shots down the stretch and like arguably the most important shots of the season up to that point like this guy who before the season started almost got cut so they could sign avery bradley instead was the last guy on the wait, roster wait, he did he did get cut already he did he did get cut and then almost didn't get brought back in favor of yeah, bradley. Fair, right. fair enough um and then, any team could any team could have had him like that's mm, nuts mm. Anyway, and Sorry. yeah, but and then to see him turn to one of their X factors and arguably the deciding factor in whether or not they were going to win the championship throughout the season, I mean, that was pretty remarkable. And then to see him hit the clinch, essentially the clinching shots in a series was awesome. Uh, you, you are, I got to go. We already, we mentioned game four against Dallas, mentioned game six against Memphis. So I'll go, I'll go game three against Dallas and Wiggins dropping the hammer on Luca uh, just to see like, you know, cause he's, for so long, he had this reputation of, you know, he's not aggressive enough on offense. He doesn't contribute to winning. And to see him become such an elite two-way player and a guy who can do that, do something like that, and just be so aggressive and dominant in a conference final is really cool. I love that you brought up game three. I mean, for me, the obvious answer is game four against Boston. When you're down 2-1, we're on the brink of being down 3-1. I actually couldn't watch that game to its completion when it was happening. I was a big grad party going on. And I had to be there and I had to be present and I got permission to watch the last five and a half minutes, which was obviously great. But I went back a few days later and watched the full thing, you know, skip the commercials and everything, but just to see how tense that was the whole way. And uh, I was just getting texts from my family, checking it. And I got to give some credit to my dad here because he was so confident with how Steph was playing and just kind of saw the killer instinct in him uh, probably his best performance ever, you know, especially when you account for the stakes of the finals. Uh, I do like that you brought up game three with the Wiggins dunk, because when that happened, I legitimately jumped out of the couch and stood up and, you know, did the whole hands on face thing. And it wasn't like a trying to be for show around my friends. I think I was watching that with like two people. It just like happened because I just never would have expected Wiggins to do that. I will fully admit that I fell into the anti-Wiggins trap. I wasn't necessarily a hater of the original trade, but last year, just seeing how he would play in, in clutch time sometimes and at the end of games, it was just really frustrating, and I'd get super angry. I fully own the fact that I can just eat shit on that now. Um, you know, and instead of picking games from this run, I actually feel like, it's fun to look back on some of the previous ones. And that was game against Portland in 2016 when Steph was hurt and he came off the bench and scored like 17 points in overtime. That's like, that's an all time favorite game for me. Uh, Scott Foster ejecting Sean Livingston. 
Um, Scott Foster. Know, that game, that series what went like five games, but it felt like seven for seven. sure. Actually, really quick, as long as we're doing a ref shout outs, can we shout out uh, Mark Davis for calling an offensive fucking foul on the Wiggins dunk we were just talking about? Like, I'm sorry, on a dunk that awesome, you should be, you should be fined or suspended or and or banned for calling an offensive foul. Like, Mark they reversed Davis. it. Oh, but they had to challenge, but yeah, I know. But still, it, just, it does it does make it more anticlimactic though. Yeah, they, they like kind of stop it and go back, but you don't get like the and and I mean, what if Steve Kerr had already used the challenge and they you know then they couldn't you know like Mark Davis man like stupid idiot. Anyway, sorry, well, I, can say, I just as long we're doing ref shoutouts, I had to, I had to bring that up. Do you remember Jamal Murray's poster uh, against the Bucks? I think it was like DJ Wilson or one of those random guys but he like went up and kind of let in a little bit with his arm and just absolutely posterized somebody and uh they called the offensive foul and it didn't count but in my mind like that always counts i was watching that game totally. at a restaurant totally. and i was just like oh my god <laughs> and and the, the anthony edwards one earlier this season too that that got called the charge we well that was against gabe vincent who's a gaucho yep. so it, it definitely was a charge and i stand by that <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the the the, the selective the selective oh, refereeing from Greg here. Okay, <laughs> man, but I I swear refs are just like no fun. Like, like it's like if, if we were like at the park playing, like we'd never call that. Like, a, if someone tried to call that a charge, you would be like laughed out of the. You know, you'd be laughed at. Yeah, I I've always I feel like refs need they should have like post game press conferences for refs. Like there needs to just be like more accountability. That, like if, if the players and coaches have to go out there and explain, you know, why they suck tonight or whatever, like the refs should have to like go out there and like defend the shitty call they made. And I, I think that I agree. Or or admit or, or they were wrong. They got the they have the stones to do that. Totally. Anyway, wait, 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 what 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 other games were you, did you want to bring up, Greg? Because I I've I've some too that I've come to mind. Oh, I mean, well, on the topic of Looney games, I think Looney's best game ever prior to these playoffs was probably game six against the Rockets in 2019 going on the road without KD. Uh, that was probably Looney's best performance ever prior to this year. And just kind of made me so happy that we decided to keep him after that season. Cause I was so scared of losing him. You know, we had the injuries, we had KD leaving, we had Andre getting traded and it just kind of felt like it was all crumbling before us, you know, the fall to the bottom was so much faster than the climb back up to the top. And so uh, that was probably right up there for me. Yeah, I, uh, that, that's a good one. I think I definitely remember about 2019. So the game six and game five against Houston, because like up to that point, like Loon had been in, like injured a lot. The Warriors didn't pick up his option. So he became a free agent a year too soon. And so I remember that I had a moment to myself. I think it was game five of that series. We just making play after play. We don't win that Rocket series without him. Without him. Sorry, guys. Um, and so and my voice is shot, man. Um, <laughs> and I remember there was a moment in game five. I think we, like, blocked Chris Paul. And then all the fans are shouting, like, Lou. I'm like, I'm like, what is happening? Like, this guy was, like, a nobody. Like, he was just – I just had two hip surgeries. We didn't even pick up his option. And now – we're, we're chanting loon like what i was like what is happening like this is so like bizarre and then you know even later on he 
like tried to play with like a, a fractured collarbone against the Raptors. Like the dude is tough as shit. Um, like he's just, he's one of those guys that's like, you know, he'll, he'll never get the credit that he deserves, but like that dude should never have to pay for another meal in the Bay. Like he has earned his stripes and, um, and then, and then I, played I, every game and then played every game this season. Every and, game. And in one of like and five in guys two, in the whole league. And yeah. in game two against Dallas, got unironic MVP chance, like, like <laughs> genuine, not like non sarcastic MVP chance. Like, what well, he had his first 20 point game since his like freshman year at UCLA. <laughs> like, Alex, was that your parents who were talking about Looney MVP after that game? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think there was some, there were like our family group chat, there was some, some texts about that. Yeah. And also, if we're, at this point, if we're like if we're reminiscing about past games of this one, I got to give a shout out to Game Three of the 2017 Finals. Uh, was was Evan and I like a, a fun story about that one? There's oh, this yeah? there's this movie theater in Oakland that shows the war every time the Warriors make the playoffs, they show all the games on their screens instead of showing movies that night. So they have like watch parties there. And Zevin and I, and I think Zevin, some of your family, I want to say. We all yeah, we had a family friend who were there, were there was there too yeah and then they, and him too yeah we all we all went there for that and I just remember like just like jumping out of my seat when KD pulled up over LeBron to hit the to hit the go ahead three and just going just like screaming our heads off after that game and like that was a that was a I remember that was a fun walk back to the car uh, celebrating yeah. that one and going up three zero in that series that was just like so exciting to see like because like to see Cleveland like kind of like dominate the third quarter of that game and the crowd's going nuts and then like. I think we were down six with two minutes left and then just boom, all of a sudden we're up, we're up five. And like, everyone's looking around like, wait, what happened here? And now you're up three. Oh, like just to like, remember that team that could just like sort of turn it on like that and flip games out of nowhere. And you saw that a little bit with this year's team too. Um, it was like, it's, it's always, always really cool to, to watch that a team that could just like sort of turn it on. Like it was nothing. That is one of the great shots of this run. Yeah. Before we get off the loony train, I have to mention the fact that he had the highest plus minus in the finals out of anybody at plus 48 was not really surprising if you really watch this team like we have, but just just really speaks to what he brought. And this is someone who got taken out of the starting lineup after game three, not necessarily because he was playing bad, but when you're down to one, you got to try doing some new things. So we threw Otto Porter in there and then that first game where he came off the bench, game four, obviously that will go down as the Steph Curry 43-point game to even the series. But uh, Looney and Wiggins, two of the true unsung heroes of that game because Draymond, as you know, as nice as it was to have him turn it around for five and six, really was not playing well game four. And prior Stunk. to that game, it seemed like you know how he played really dictated the Warriors. If he had a good game, the Warriors had a good chance of winning. If he was off, it didn't matter how well the offense was running. So the Looney Wiggins game. Uh, and then, you know, when you talk about KD, I think that uh, the only thing I think it would just would be fair to mention on this podcast is like, there should be no KD slander. Like we don't totally. win 2017 or 18 without KD, if you instead plugged in Wiggins or Barnes, even in their current selves, I really don't believe you get those championships. People say he was the best player on that team. And it's weird because it wasn't like we had an identity without KD, but to him, for him to come in and be the most dominant, I think is totally fair. And he was a two-time finals MVP. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, I mean, I think, I think we probably win at least one. I think what's, 
when you don't if you don't have him, you have a lot less margin for error. And so then, like in 2016 or 2019, when a few things go wrong, like you have a chance like to to lose. I bet they win probably at least one of them. But e- either way, whether they would have won it without him or not, like doesn't even matter. Like Kobe had Shaq, Magic had Kareem. Like you're allowed to have good teammates. Like a lot of sports and life is just determined by situation and circumstance. That's just like that's just the reality. Like. Magic was drafted onto a team that went, I think, went 47 games, had Kareem on it, was, like, ready-made. Like, look, that's what it is. Like, you can, you know. So, you know, it's weird that stuff gets having, you know, stuff having good teammates gets held against him. But, like, he can go all throughout history. And, like, maybe they don't win without KD, but LeBron doesn't win without, you know, D. Wade, Kyrie, or Anthony Davis, like, any of his, like, second-best players. Or you can debate KD stuff, but you you understand what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, listen – there's this weird narrative that, like, on Twitter, like, oh, Warriors fans, like, slander KD. You know, like, I do think Steph is the better player when uh, when they're on different teams because when they're on the same team, Steph's going to get more attention and then KD's going to, like, capitalize on it. But, like, when they're on different teams, then they're, like, the number one option. And, like, you saw with Boston when they focused all their attention on KD. It just – it's a weird dynamic. And, like, when KD was on OKC, like, Steph was, like, clearly better. I think that was like clearly better now. Um, but yeah, I don't like there's this weird thing on Twitter where like oh, Warriors fans don't appreciate him. Like, fuck that, bro. I love KD. He's one of my favorite players ever. If you anyone who, who perhaps bring a title to one of my favorite teams, like I will love and appreciate forever. Because like Alex said, if you don't told us in 2012, like we were like, no way. So like I'm not just gonna go be like now and be like, oh yeah, like whatever. Like, no, we're gonna appreciate that for the rest of our lives. We're going to tell our kids, our grandkids about Katie, Steph, Dre, Clay, Looney, Lude, like all of them. Like I'm not, this idea that we don't like or appreciate Katie that I see on Twitter is such just, it's bull crap. Like it is totally not true. And like, I want to build him statue, retire his number, you know, drink beers and tweet with him. Like shit, man. I love Katie. And I think, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, well, Warriors fans love Steph more than him. Like, yeah, that is. And that that's not, but that's not a slight towards KD. Like my Heat fans don't love LeBron more than they love D Wade. You know what I mean? There's just something about it. It's why Warriors TV ratings are, I think the highest, they've been the highest in the league, like six out of seven or seven out of eight years. Because when you see a guy from the very beginning, grow up in front of your eyes and go through the, the ups, the downs, you're with them every step of the way. And then they reach the mountaintop. There's just a certain, you know, when they reach the mountaintop that way, there's a certain level of just romanticism that doesn't come with when someone just comes on when the train's kind of already kind of at the end of the tracks almost, you know, or the journey that you're already almost at the top versus KD already came in when it was already kind of, we were already kind of there. So it was just, just like with Miami and, and LeBron, it was just LeBron came, he was there and then he just left pretty quickly. So it's just, I don't know. And people say that we don't, because we like stuff, we have a certain different a higher level of love for, Steph claimed that that means we don't love and appreciate Katie when that's just not the case. So that's just, I don't know if it bothers you guys, but yeah, it just bothers me that, you know, Warriors fans now, we used to be irrelevant and now we're like put in the same breath as Cowboy fans for being like crazy and ridiculous. But, um, you know, I guess that, you know, at least we, at least we're actually America's team, by the way. So we actually, you know, America's supposed to be a success, right? So I'm just saying. I, I, what I just think it is, is just like, I, I just want to like try to appreciate like every single player who was a part of any of these teams, whether it's Steph or, and KD or 
Zaza Pachulia, like just to kind of the just Ian Clark. Yeah, Ian sure. Clark. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's your guy, yeah, whoever wanted to Pretty go. Pretty jump shot, by the way. Yeah. He um like any of them, you know, like 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 Zevin said, like anyone who helps helps bring a title is someone I'm gonna appreciate. But, the, but there's definitely a different feeling when it's like someone who not only came on like when the when they'd already won a championship and all of that and then left after a few years but someone who was already great when they joined whereas you know Steph Clandre whole careers have been warriors and evolved from from rookies to veterans and all-stars and all these different things so there's there's going to be an element of that to it when you see these players grow up and develop and change their games and become more important to the team and all of that I think that's another factor that uh, that gets involved in kind of who you root for more and who becomes the, the sort of darling of the fan base and things like that by the way, I, they, I'm pretty sure they've done studies on this, that, like, when you're an adult, like, the music and the movies that you loved as a kid, you'll always hold in higher regard than the ones you just got when you were, like, an adult, because there's, like, some level of, like, since the beginning or way back when or when I grew up, there's just just one of those things that, like, things that were there or, you know, that you were a part of or f- followed or watched, like, from the very beginning is just a different it's just a, a different just like human minds are just built that way. So I'm, I'm just tired of, I don't know, this the slander that Warriors fans get for their perceived slander of Katie, because I agree with you, Greg, Katie's awesome. He's one of my favorite players to watch play. Like love the dude, you know, I'm, you know, it's weird. Cause I, I, I always root for him, but like, I couldn't root for him when uh, James Soften and Harden was on his team. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's just a weird, weird thing, which by the way, they're, they're they're in a bit of a pickle right now but uh you know so it's weird that i couldn't really root for them and with harden was there but i'll always love and root for kd to do well like katie yeah katie's the man awesome as hell he fucking calls out like skip and Stephen a too like it's katie's great man Not, nothing but love for the guy yeah i mean the only other thing i'll add which i think should be it's it's the ultimate rebuttal for anyone's reasoning to not love kd which is he probably knew he was going to leave the Warriors after that season. And he came back from an injury that wasn't deemed an Achilles, but was obviously something weird going on down there. Ultimately ended up tearing his Achilles, missing an entire next year to try to help the Warriors win a championship. He sacrificed one half of a game uh, to try to win a championship over the rest of his career, knowing he was probably on his way out. So for that reason alone, you can't really say anything bad about the guy. Uh, we've done so much good reminiscing, and I'm sure everyone who loves the Warriors is totally here for it, and everyone else, well, I hope you signed off from the very beginning. But <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about the future now, because I know Zevin also has a prediction to give. You know, I just want to hear about, like, some of what we're hoping for for the next year. I mean, obviously, top of the list would be, like, the emergence of James Wiseman. Hopefully he can get healthy. Obviously clay should be a better version of himself. We saw flashes of that greatness and what he could be, but you know, there was times where he was a little inconsistent and that's okay. And it was to be expected. So uh, I'll go to you first, Alex, because I'm sure you spent a lot of time thinking about this kind of stuff. you get that the full analytical mind? Oh, and by the way, real quick, uh, Based on all of our texting conversations, I just have to say this now while we can celebrate. 
you would totally think that by in-game attitude, Zevin was the Giants fan and you were the A's fan. I I, oh, I, I will admit I get I get psychotic when I'm when I'm watching the games when I'm in the heat of, when they in the, in the heat of the moment I am saying all kinds of shit that I don't actually believe but this is just like or or after the game it's a tough loss Wait, like I'm just I, like to tell how you were when we were watching Boston game six by the way why what you're talking oh about. yeah yeah so we like like I mentioned earlier we watched it at, at a at a friend of a friend's house and I was like yelling yelling after stupid turnovers and every every time clay took one of his ill-advised shots as he is want to do and wasted a possession i was just i was getting furious and zevin on zevin on the other hand was like was going nuts on every play and when step the thing where he, where he tapped his ring finger in the middle of the third quarter by the way um that zevin, <laughs> zevin loved that and was just was, was never worried for a was, second was going crazy in the other direction so yeah. Is that, is that a, is that a fair assessment? Would you say? Oh yeah, I was. I mean, you can say I was never worried for a second. Like I was said going into Game Six that the series is already over. You know, I told Jacob I was like, yo, should we make some celebration plans? Like, should we go and figure? I was like, it's over. You know, even when the Celtics went on a run, which one did we actually? We we're gonna go to a bar. Kind of fell through, so we had, we drove to this house last minute. So when Celtics were up twelve two or fourteen two or whatever, we were just listening to that on the radio. So we didn't actually. As soon as we got in front of a TV, it was when they, so we just saw, like, we, like, the, the worst part of the game was, like, we, it was all radio, so as soon as we actually sat down for the visual components, as one would say, it was all uphill, and then even when Alex made the run, it just didn't feel like to me that we, we were that much uh, in jeopardy, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it, you're, you're, about the texting thing, you're definitely, it's a funny dynamic, for sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, my dad, I was watching with both my parents and my dad like brought in beers in the middle of the third quarter when Steph hit that shot and did the ring thingy and he <laughs> cracked his and me and my mom were like, oh, I'm probably going to wait for now. But, uh, you know, then the 16 to four run started and it was funny and you know, we were giving him a little bit of shit, but I was never too worried. I was never, I would say I, I wasn't comfortable at the start of the fourth quarter, but to see Steph like drive in and hit those tough shots over like Al Horford and just way bigger guys. I was like, yeah, he's not letting us lose this one. He was cooking Horford the whole series, man. Poor Al Horford is one of the most likable guys in the league. Like I, he's always, he's been one of the guys, maybe the most that would have been like, man, he's such a Warriors player that like Kerr would love him. Like passes well, just IQ, just, just likable person. And like, I was like, a couple times I was like, man, like poor guy, Steph is just like roasting him in the pick and roll. Like every time, like shooting the threes over him and the, the end, like the four point plays or like the, you know, just the dribbling and the finishing around the basket, just like, man, like Steph was just cooking him. And, you know, it's not, I mean, it was his first finals and he's 36. And so, you know, it's uh. I would not want to be guarding Steph out on an island. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, Horford uh, was also a top 10 rated defensive guy uh, in the league this year. The Celtics had three of them. It was Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, and Horford. So good for him. And Steph uh, destroyed all of them. Like, it's nuts. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, he was the MVP for a reason. Uh, where were we? Oh, we were talking about the future. God, oh, yeah. well, all that quick aside got us. But Alex... Five minutes later, what are you hoping for in the future? 
we, we could do an entire podcast that's just the size where like, like I remember at the when we first came on here, we did the whole we're gonna talk about the NCAA tournament. We did the first 20 minutes on like where were you when this famous sporting event happened? I mean, we could have done <laughs> we could do an entire episode that's just that. So I mean we could we Maybe could that's go on the next just take like four hour episodes oh, all yeah. about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I would I'll be down to do that next time. But oh. uh I think for the uh as the future goes, I think I think the number one thing is bringing the guys back like GP2. Looney, Wiggins, Poole, those, those four guys, locking them down, putting them back under contract. That's the first big thing. Then you try to see about, you know, bringing Otto Porter back or, you know, getting some sort of comparable player on, on a better minimum to, to fill his spot. Well, you know, do you bring Iguodala back in like a coaching role or a front office role or something like that if he wants it? And who do you who do you bring in to fill his roster spot? Things like that. So, I mean, but I think the I think the number one thing is the uh, the big four uh, pending free agents, you know, just making sure because all, all four of them play such huge roles in this team and are going to get paid and deserve to get paid. So making sure that they, and it seems like all of them want to stay. So hopefully trying to bring all of them back is, I think is priority number one. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go wild with this. So I do think they're going to bring everybody back. So I think we we have a core seven guys. So the Seth Clay Dre, the trio, uh, Wiggs and JP, and then GP two and, and Looney. Those are like the seven like always going to play big playoff minutes. Like we need him huge. Otto would be great, but he's not as necessary. It like as um, Luna GP two. Plus we just we can only offer him the mid level, which is like five or six, and it wouldn't shock me if he gets offered like ten. So I just don't see him coming back because I would, it wouldn't shock me if he just got offered more money than we're just able to. So I would love for him to come back. But um, to me, the other seven guys are like, we, we can pay GP two like 10 or 11, I think is the most we can pay loon third. We can pay him a max contract, man, whenever we want. Um, so uh, seven guys that we have like control over Legum like says he wants to win forever. So I take him at his word. He's earned our faith in terms of paying dues at this point. So I don't see why he like, again, if we would have lost like members in the second round, I don't think we would pay GB2 11, 11 million because Lego would say, well, why am I paying all this money if we're not going to win the title? But, but now that we won the title, I have full faith that he's going to bring those seven guys back. And then you have Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman as your kind of projects. Maybe bring back JTA, Bielitsa, Leaf, see what Andre wants. Maybe draft a guy, but you know, maybe bring in some veterans, but you have the, the core seven plus the three, I consider Wiseman a rookie. So that's 10. But regardless, uh, my prediction is, I want this on the record so we can come back to this next year and in two years. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are going to three P, ladies and gentlemen. I really believe that. Again, they have to, as long as they bring everyone back, like like we have faith that they do. Like they can't just let guys walk. Obviously, Wiggins, uh, Wiggins and Poole are a free agent in, in a year, but if they resign those guys, they're going to win the next two titles. Uh, you know that you know that thing on inside the, the NBA where Ernie has like the post-its and he writes down the yeah. predictions that they all make it like sticks. We gotta do we gotta start, we gotta form one of those. Sure. For, for I just like the next few titles. Again, it doesn't guarantee anything, but next year we're gonna be a lot better than we were this year. Now we were better in 15-16 than we were in 14-15, but that didn't end well. So it's not a guarantee. But if you look at it too, like we have like now we have like in those years we didn't have like aggressive rim pressure guys. Like, dude, like, like when seven clay would extend the gravity, we didn't really have like guys who could just yammer like GP two Wiggins, Kaminga, like they're going to just posterize some dudes. Like they, they can just go, go to the rim, like so effortlessly Wiseman can just put pressure on the rim so well. Like we didn't have that. 
We also now, like, with guys like Poole, like, Steph can play 60, 65 games. Like, I'm convinced that, I mean, his sprained foot when Marcus Smart, like, rolled up on him was a blessing in the sky. It's like the last month of the year, three weeks, you just got to rest. Yeah, it's like a month, something like that. A rest leading into the playoffs. Like, that, that was huge. Like, him and Dre aren't going to need to play 78 games, and we're still going to be able to win 50, 55 games, like, in a breeze. Um, and I'm sorry, like, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, when they played, when the three of them have started every game in a playoff series, they've never lost a playoff series. So when, when you combine that with elite wing defense, perimeter scoring, you know, I mean, I would put GB2 up there defensively and Wiggins, top 15, 10, 15 defenders in the entire league. Like, and then Poole's going to be a 20 point per game guy, or at least he would be if he had more opportunity in other teams where he would, was allowed to kind of just take whatever shots he wanted. I, I think they're going to win next year, and I think they're going to win the year after. And what's going to be so great about it is uh, you're going to have, you know, certain guys who were, I don't know, elevated as, you know, above staff or too high in this era. I think you're going to finally start to see those guys uh, placed in their proper points because at a, at a certain point, if we keep on winning without KD or just winning in general, I think there's going to be a certain level of Patriots like, okay, fine. Like, no one wanted – I didn't want to say that Tom Brady was the goat over Peyton Manning, but when he won that Falcons Super Bowl when they were down 28-3, I was like – because I'm a Colts fan too. Uh, I was like, oh, fucking Brady, fine. He's the goat. I, just, I, just, I have nothing left. I have to give it up. It is what it is. So I think I think the Warriors are going to reach that point where people just have enough and just finally give Steph Clay and Dre their flowers. And, again, they've never lost the playoff series when they started every game, whether injury, suspension, what have you. So – I don't to me, isn't Clay gonna be and Poole are gonna be way better next year? Like Wiggins should have feeling less pressure. Like to me, Stephen Draymond should say the same, but everyone else should theor- theoretically like improve. So that stat though is insane that when they've like all started to know or something. a game, yeah. they've they've uh they started every game, they've never lost a playoff series, in addition to the 27 series in a row where they've won a road playoff game. Every single one that made the playoffs where Steph was on the team, where Steph, Clay, and Dre were on the team. Wow. Yeah, they, they've yeah. never not won a road game in a playoff series either, and, and they've never lost a series in less than six games. So Crazy. So there you go. Crazy. And I just, you know, this team has the talent, the like, you know, they, they would, the way that KD and Kyrie went out, like part of it was because they hadn't been through the battles together. They haven't. So when adversity hit, they kind of just folded. Like it is, you know what I mean? And like the Lakers, they kind of, they hadn't been through it with West. Like he just hadn't been through it. And so when you have that homegrown team, like, like even like the Celt- like the Celtics, it was hard to put them away because they had gone through all those trials and tribulations together. It just, when you build that character, it's just harder to like stomp you out. And then when you combine like otherworldly talent that the Warriors do have, and you, it's just a really, really tough team to beat. I don't see anyone doing it until 2024 when the Warriors draft Bronny James. No. So do you um, refute your previous claim from the last episode, pardon my memory, uh, yeah, that yeah. the Clippers would be your pick to win next year's title? Honestly, yes. And I still, they scare the shit out of me. Um, yeah. There's something weird about like, like championship confidence. Like when you come back, like the Bucks had it this year, I thought like, the Bucks before they won the title were kind of like, man, they were really. Like, I don't. Know, I think Charles Barkley called them like a dumb team or whatever. They just made a lot of mistakes. They didn't. They didn't make the finals this year because of the Middleton thing, but they were a much smarter team. They didn't like 
shoot themselves in the foot. So, I mean, the Clippers scared the hell out of me. Uh, but there's just something about, you know, the Warriors now got over the hump. They just, you know, I'll say the Clippers are Warriors are 1A and Clippers are 1B. Although if the Clippers get Kyrie, then maybe we'll see. But I just, man, I'm, I'm, I am I'm think the Warriors are going to three-peat. I really do. Well, the Clippers this year did the same thing that the Warriors did last year, which was come in as the eight seed and lose back-to-back play-in games yeah, with one of their top guys hurt. Yeah. That's a great to, point. Uh, to a, to a kind of and also again to a kind of young upstart team that appears to potentially be on the rise with a lot of really good young players too. Great. True, you got Terrence Mann for one. Uh, I mean Reggie Jackson's not that young anymore, but uh, I was talking about the Pelicans because like the like like how the Warriors lost to the Grizzlies, how the Clippers lost to the Pelicans. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, sleeper finals pick is the Pelicans. I would say sleeper finals pick. It all, all it all depends on Zion's health. That's totally. that's the be all end all of, of how far they can go. Yeah, I, I understand that's like the most mainstream thing to possibly say, but there's a reason for it. Like he's a generational talent. If he can play, yeah. And if he can't, then, you know, they're not going there. By the way, in addition to having a thing of sticky notes now, the Ernie style, I think we, like, I always thought a fun thing to do would just be going for like every major pro sports league and writing what you think the finals is going to be for the next 10 years. Because, for example, wow. like Bucks Suns last year, like they were terrible. Like five years before that, so you just never know. I mean, the the, the Suns had the number one overall pick in twenty eighteen, and then made the twenty twenty one finals. Wow! Yeah. And then I remember the Bucks. There's a famous clip in Inside the NBA where they were advertising the Bucks versus the Lakers for six ninety nine, and there was this famous clip where Charles was like, "Man, like six ninety nine." Man, you get bamboozled if you pay that much money. And then even Ernie started laughing, and they just like were roasting, like, "Wow, you going to pay this much? Like, might as well go." Yeah, Ernie was like, "You couldn't pay me six ninety nine to watch the Lakers and the Bucks." Like, um, it was, was, was it like in the years where the Lakers were bad and like, was like, like a pre LeBron, yeah, pre pre LeBron. Mm-hmm. And Giannis was like super young, like not before he was like Giannis. Um, which yeah. by the way, I still think, even though I still think Giannis is. I think Steph's number two, but I think Giannis is clearly still the best player in the world. But But you know what's funny about that is that if KD's toe is behind the three-point line, then the Bucs get bounced, the Nets probably go win that title, and now the narrative is the Bucs fell short again, they can't win the big one, and are we saying Giannis is the best player in the world? I mean, no. I'm not arguing it. I'm just saying it's funny how you're, no, you're little right. things really go a long way. Listen, if uh, if if Draymond didn't punch, if LeBron didn't uh, throw Draymond and sweep his leg at an MMA move and then sub over him, in which Draymond slapped him in the nuts, the Warriors won that title. And then at least Steph's probably considered the best player in the world because he kind of already was up until LeBron came back from three to one and Steph had the MCL and all that stuff. Yeah, I'd say you know, you know, be a great podcast is all time sports. What ifs? That'd be a great one. No, I mean, all-time sports. What ifs? I mean, the Warriors have so many. Like, if they would have traded Steph to the box, if if, uh, if the Knicks would have traded up for Steph, if Steve Kerr would have gone to the Knicks, if they would have traded for uh, Clay uh, to uh, for Kevin Love to the Timberwolves. By the way, the Timberwolves, like, man, they're like the Warriors, like triple A team, by the way, which is a whole other thing. That's a sound cocky, but they've. Man, if Kamega turns out as good as some we might think, I mean that's another one. Um, 
yeah, I mean, what ifs with the Warriors and sports in general? That would be a great podcast. So always, always fun to think about. But I mean, the the toe thing is great. And then also, what if, um, what if, uh, if that happens, like, what if does that mean for like, does Harden still want to leave? Like, you know, who knows? Because now it gets real messy real fast. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, any final thoughts about the Warriors from either of you before we move into shout outs? Um, do you guys want to come to the parade the next two years with me? <laughs> the next two parades the next two years? If there is a parade next year, then I will be there with you, Seven. All right. I'm saying the three of us, there's going to be a parade next year, and all three of us are going to go, and then we're going to come home, and we're going to podcast right after. How's that? So maybe we do the podcast from the parade. We bring, like, like handheld recorders or something, <laughs> and just, like, and just like shout our, our takes as oh, we're, like, in a crowd of people. Oh, man. Hey. <laughs> And Clay Thompson doesn't have a captain's hat on this time, but he appears very hammered off of champagne. That is the that is like you mentioned earlier the thing about all the players like being like being very visibly drunk at like eleven thirty a.m. walking the streets of San Francisco. It's, it's fun. Yeah. If they're drunk, why can't we be drunk? You know, when it... we got to like, earn the championship, man. Totally. Yeah, uh, you have to earn the right to be drunk on national TV, right? They earned it. They earned it and more. Uh, Damn. Okay. For shout outs. Let's see. I'll buy you guys a little bit of time. I'll go first. I'm just going to say shout out to coconut water. It's been my go-to summer beverage, uh, especially as I've tried to cut back on caffeine for the time being. Don't worry, guys. It's not smart, man. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to go for. Is it good for like brain health, like coconut water? This is like some bod- bodily benefits or something. It is plant-based hydration. You know, I know okay. that much. Okay. Very nice. Go ahead, Alex. I mean, okay, I'll I'll go. Um, keeping up with the with the Warriors theme, uh, I'm going to shout out the uh, the people who in the, at the Los Angeles Loyola, which is the school newspaper of LMU, who in October of 2018, like one month into my time there, allowed me to write like a. 1300 word call about my love for the Warriors as they headed into their final season in Oakland and just like just reflecting on everything they've been through up to that point you know three titles and like it and how long like 14 years of fandom in my life at that point or something like that and just sort of being willing to let me kind of do like that personal of a piece and that long of a piece when I really hadn't been there for that long and hadn't honestly built up a lot of equity but having them uh, kind of let me do that and pour all my thoughts and feelings and emotion into a, into a written piece like that um, is something I'll always appreciate to kind of be able to distill it down into 1,300 words or so was always was like just a really cool uh, experience and opportunity. And I'll, I'll always remember that. So I'm going to so shout out to the people who let me nice. do that. Love it. Uh, I'm going to give my shout out to, uh, which I, I, actually, I, I do need to go to Yogurt Park, but I haven't been there yet. But I'm going to shout out at Yoga Fina. Uh, it's a uh, frozen yogurt place in Montclair. I literally, it closed at 8 o'clock. And we let, my friend and I left GB, GB, like GB Dude's party at like 6, 15, 6.30. So I, I got back into Montclair. Like I ate at Cactus outside of Bart. You know, had my dinner. Great, best burrito. I know, right? One of the best burrito. Maybe the best burrito in the entire Bay Area. Like just delicious. And it's right by Rock Ridge Bart. So I was like, I came back and I was like, you know, I usually I'm not going to drive that far out of my way just to go and have dinner, but I'm like, as long as I'm here, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Cactus. Like, it's, it literally had been years. 
God, that was a great, I guess I'll shout out Cactus too. Great three minutes of just burrito joy. Like, you know, you see on your face, Greg, like, just one of the best food places in the Bay. Like, no doubt. Um, or ever. Or ever. Just Cactus is the best. Like, just, I don't know what they do to their burritos, but they just add, it's just, ex- it's just better than a normal burrito. I just, yeah, you just don't, like, we can't explain it until you just go there. It's just, it's it's like a pizza where it's just it's bread cheese and sauce why do some places taste so much better with just those ingredients than some others it makes it's no sense totally it was so good and then so that so shout out them and i got into yoga fina at like 759 a lady was like you have one minute so i just like ran across and like you know pushed the the lever to like get the french vanilla and the cleese and cream things it was a super hot day so i was like and went back to Oakland and I'm like, yeah, I'm getting some frozen yogurt and just like enjoying the hell out of it. And it was just so, oh, especially at the end of a long day. It was just so great. Great dinner, great dessert. Just, yeah. And when you say coconut water, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? Some food or drink, whatever. This is a good, good. Uh, and it was just great capper to the day. The GP2's party, the parade, just perfect ending. And uh, I don't know if you guys have any favorite flavors of ice cream or frozen yogurt. That would also be a fun podcast too. <laughs> It'd be a whole thing. But yeah, cactus, man. Oh, this is the best, man. So good. By the way, can you tell between the three of us yet which one is like the smart and academic one? Like I was yeah, right. shouting out something related to his school and like we're sitting over here like caffeine, coconut water, frozen yogurt, so there just in time, pounds of the burrito. Oh my God. So true. So true. I'm just trying to keep on the Warriors theme more than anything else. That's where that's coming from mostly. So true. Uh, incredible okay well god that was so good we're gonna have to i mean i don't know what we're gonna talk about the next time you guys come on maybe it's gonna be what ifs maybe it's gonna be the sticky note edition whatever it is three p baby you heard it here first three p if uh if they really do three p then i'm gonna just have to go to the parade and all the yoga like, i'm not gonna have a choice not that like i'm gonna be held hostage but at the same <laughs> time it's just it'd be so incredible i can't not give you your flowers at that point so um, let me type in the chat or go ahead go ahead alex no i wasn't i wasn't gonna say anything say zevin was right that'll be the, that'll be the in two years there you go. the hashtag zevin was right there Everyone should write that down right now. Okay. Oh, okay. here, you know what? In, in two years, if we go to the parade in two years and then win the title, we'll go to the parade. We'll podcast afterwards, and hopefully, we'll we'll print out T-shirts that with that hashtag Zevin was right in in two years. We'll, we'll do that. How's that? I'll if, wear if, it if they three peat, I will wear that shirt for you sure. Wear that shirt. I will, yeah. We'll if, take if, a picture. If, if, if we'll three peat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I will proudly represent it. Sounds good. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you made it to this point, you must really, really love the Golden State Warriors. So uh, congratulations. Enjoy this one. Got to enjoy everyone and cherish it. And uh, as we sign off on this one, all I have to say is... Ah, well done. Night. Love it. Night. Thank you.